Stage one FTS is safe. Stage one entry part startup. It's kind of easy to forget in a world of numbers, sales figures, and constantly evolving technology, just exactly how cool space really is. Successful entry burn startup. This burn lasting just about uh, a little over 20 seconds. Until you meet Mark Marquette. To me, going out and looking at the stars since a little boy has really been a spiritual experience. To look up and go, gee, how and why and what's all this about? And we do this burn to help with reusability. And really, reusability is the key to lowering the cost of spaceflight. And that enables more. Today, we're talking from the heart about just how much what we do in the satellite industry means to passionate space enthusiasts like Mark. From Titusville, Florida, welcome to Satellite Stories. I'm your host, Christina Smith Meyer. Worksat 5B, Utelsat, Hopper 13, and the Starlink mission. And of course, today's Empower mission. Three, two, one, engines full power. And liftoff of SES Empower. Go Falcon 9, go SES. O3B Empower. Now, it's not a new term we've used on this podcast. In fact, we've been talking about this new era of scale, performance, and flexibility for satellite communications for a while now. And at the end of 2022, those words became a reality – as the first two satellites of our brand new fleet of O3BM power satellites were launched. In our up-and-coming episodes, we'll get into the how, who, and what happened, but in this episode, we'd love to share with you some of the stories we collected from people in the days leading up to the O3BM power launch. Along the way, we met so many wonderful people who reminded us of how we do is incredibly cool. At viewing galleries, on tour buses, Heck, even on deck chairs by the side of the road. So today, before we get into the technicalities of what and who will benefit from O3B Empower, we come back to the basics and meet a man who we stumbled upon by chance. Someone who reminded us what it was like to be a little boy or girl, to look up into the sky and wonder, what exactly does go on out there in space? Enjoy listening. Welcome, everybody. I'm Mark Marquette. I am the community liaison for the American Space Museum and Space Walk of Fame. We're located in downtown Titusville, Florida, which is about 50 miles from Orlando. We're just 10 miles from the rocket pads of Cape Canaveral and our Cape Canaveral Space Force. Here at the American Space Museum, we like to say that we are preserving the birth of the space age in its delivery room, which is Brevard County, Florida. The artifacts we have in our museum are truly one of a kind. We have John Glenn's hard hat, pictures of him wearing it, the button that was actually pushed to launch his Atlas rocket in 1962 for his famous three orbits. Uh, on and on, manuals, things that astronauts have given us. Uh, it's quite an eclectic group of, of space memorabilia. And when I first came here five years ago, I thought it was in like a, the coolest space cave or man cave you've ever been in because it's very intimate. You are close to the exhibits and some of the exhibits uh, we encourage you to touch and, and sit in front of a console that fueled the space shuttle. I 
I've been a space geek all my life. I have no memories since eight years old of not wanting a telescope. I got a Christmas telescope and I've been obsessed with hauling people out to look at Saturn's rings and the moons of Jupiter and craters on the moon all my life. And it led to a career in journalism because I wanted to write about the night sky and uh, without going to journalism school I had a knack for doing that and for over 22 years I wrote a weekly column on space and astronomy in Bristol, Tennessee uh, in the Appalachia part of Tennessee. Having been involved looking at the stars all my life since an eight-year-old boy, one thing I've observed in my 60-some years of stargazing is that everybody has this innate curiosity to look up. You get in your car to go out to dinner and the moon's up there, you're going to shoot a glance at it and even if it's just two or three seconds, you know if it's crescent or full and there might be a star or two near it, it could be a planet and you know, that's, you might talk about that at work with a friend. Uh, when they had a beautiful moon last night. And so I've always seized on this curiosity and tried to make the complex universe simple to people by telling them, you don't have to own a big telescope. You don't have to uh, know all the constellations and where the planets are. If you just have that curiosity to look up and, and, and explore a little bit, it touches what I think is our souls in, in many ways. The change in a half a century of launching communication satellites that has now become a weekly event on our space coast is incredible. The, the, the uh, unknown technical things going on. People like uh, this gentleman here, Murphy Wardman. This is Murphy's General Dynamics hat. He's 91 years old. Murphy's a friend of our museum. I'll put it on there because I love the man. He comes every Thursday and, and talks some tales with some of the older old timers. He wore this hat 60 years ago when a plug fell out of the Atlas rocket as it was fully fueled at T minus 30 seconds. And five or six guys in this room like I'm in said, okay, who goes out and sticks the plug back in it? On a seething rocket, well, Murphy drew the short straw, so to speak, walked out there with just this hat on and, and maybe some coveralls and took this cable and stuck it back in the rocket because it fell out and he said it was creaking and full of liquid hydrogen, an Atlas V rocket about 150 feet tall and then he went back in and they resumed the count at T minus 30 seconds and it launched fine. Today, he jokes, you'd need a stack of paperwork like that and OSHA and safety and all this stuff. And of course, the rocket would have been delayed because nobody's going to walk out on a fully fueled rocket. But this is the daringness of these pioneers. So this is what our museum's all about, is celebrating the space age of the 50s and 60s that today, 60 years later, all these rocket companies with their beautiful satellites are really standing on the shoulders of these giants. Satellites are what have revolutionized our entire world and very quickly. And, and it's incredible to me to see, uh, instead of launching three or four satellites or maybe one big satellite on an Atlas rocket, 
they're launching 50 at a time. And it's just uh, amazing how the technology is just, in even 10 years, just quadrupled. Space Museum. I'm Mark Marquette. We're so glad you're with us today with the legend of NASA, the voice of NASA, <laughs> Mr. Hugh Harris. How are you doing, sir? Well, I'm not sure that I like being a legend. I think I'd rather be alive. Well, <laughs> oh, do you have to die to be a legend? I think so. Oh, no, you don't. We're, well, we'll call you a national treasure instead. All oh, right. We have a little program video podcast called Stay Curious that I help produce and am the host of. And immediately when we started this out of the global pandemic to reach out to our nonprofit friends and let them know we weren't gonna lay down, although we were closed, we immediately started hearing from people all over the world because of these wonderful satellites. We're hearing from Ophelia in Normandy, France. We've got Robert in Dundee, Scotland that are daily watchers of our humble video podcast. Uh, and for our, our podcast, Stay Curious, to have that outreach like that is so important to our nonprofit. Uh, and it's something that, uh, yeah, I got a lot of gray hair. I'm trying to figure out how to capitalize on that social media. But it's just part of society today. On this date in history, we'll see a picture of that. We want to say hi to Maynette Smith. Thank you for watching, Maynette Smith. These are people they commented that they were anxious to watch our program today and our little teaser. Uh, Daniel DeJorn, he's an airline pilot for Ed McKinnon. Thank you for watching well, Let me take you around our special Cape Canaveral gallery and share some of the one-of-a-kind stories that I've heard from these wonderful space workers and hopefully try and bridge the space between us. Over, we have all these consoles here that are things from booster rocket control, Atlas flight control, vehicle power, fueling all behind me. Most of this for the Atlas rocket that had the second stage as the Centaur. We're gonna show you that rocket here in a little bit, but it launched over 350 satellites to space, a lot of them European. Uh, back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, this room was active until about 1985. So you come in to work as a space worker, you, see, you come and you are the uh, second stage control person here. You open up your desk. Yep, this is your desk. Throw your keys in there, maybe. There you go. I got my glasses, maybe my wallet, because I don't want to sit on my wallet, and probably a pack of cigarettes back in the 60s. Even some of these consoles had uh, ashtrays attached to them, believe it or not. Here's your mate that's sitting beside you there working, and another guy beside you down the road, okay? So you're quite close to each other, hoping everybody wore their deodorant, of course, for the day. You're in a hot room lots of times. We didn't have the air conditioning in the 1960s like we do today. One of the gentlemen that I've been privileged to know walked up to this machine. I was given a docent tour, and his name uh, was John. And John walked up to this machine, and he said, 
oh my gosh, this is my machine. I was an Atlas pressurization guy. And I go, what's an Atlas pressurization guy? He says, well, that big rocket, the skin of the metal would collapse on itself if it wasn't blown with like a balloon full of air all the time. And that's what I did. And he looked at this machine and he looked down and he says, I pressed these two buttons thousands of times. And I swear to God, tears came to this man's eyes. And he's like in his 80s and his 45 year old son come over and put his arm around him. And I go, what are you thinking about, sir? And with tears in his eyes, he said, I'm 27 years old. I loved everybody I was working with in this room. We were going to the moon. And it just, it makes my hair on my arm stand up every time I think about John. And I've been in communication with him over the years. He's still around. Uh, he even told me that he said he was responsible for the pressurization. If he lost pressure, the rocket could collapse on itself. So he had an alarm here to tell people to get out of the building. So, but these are the people that are really, I call, national treasures. And this is what we're all about at the American Space Museum, is celebrating these space workers who grew up here with their families and knew each other, and were sending spacecraft to orbit the Earth for communications. And this room also sent spacecraft to Venus, Jupiter, and Mars. They had such pride in their craft that up here they have a flag in this picture hanging, and it, it celebrates over 300 rocket launches on an Atlas Centaur rocket. Atlas is the first stage. It had three engines on it, and the Centaur was the second stage. Stage one FTS is safe. Stage one entry burn startup. A first stage gets you up to that first 20 miles. Successful entry burn startup. This burn lasting just about uh, a little over 20 seconds. And then that second stage puts that satellite in orbit. Stage one entry burn shutdown. And that is the same system that SpaceX is using today with one big difference. They're returning that first stage rocket. The Falcon 9 first stage that supported today's mission will be uh, performing its landing burn for the eighth time. It's previously supported a number of missions, including the cargo resupply missions 22 and 25, crewed missions 3 and 4, TorxSat 5B, UTELSAT, Hopper 13, and the Starlink mission, and of course today's Empower mission. To me, going out and looking at the stars since a little boy has really been a spiritual experience to, to look up and go, gee, how and why and what's all this about? Uh, I remember fantasizing as a little boy uh, with my little brother on a bunk bed above me. I wanted the bottom bunk because I could pretend I was John Glenn getting ready to orbit the Earth or any of my astronaut heroes. Those springs in my brother's uh, bunk bed up above me were like the switches and dials and stuff like that. I'm not alone in thinking like that. Now, did I ever think I would be an astronaut or go to space? No, I really never wanted to do that. I never thought about that. But I wanted to explore with my telescope in my backyard and I wanted to share that with people. That there is a whole incredible worlds above us here. People looking down at their feet all day long, even in the daytime, there's incredible things going on in our atmosphere, you know, sun dogs and, and rainbows and things like that, that uh, I don't think people are in tune enough to.
This Cape Canaveral gallery reminds me of when I was a little boy. And in my, my mind, I'm so blessed for that. Uh, and it's uh, a history that I think everyone connects to. Everybody's always asking me, what's that bright star as I'm driving home from work? Uh, the aurora that people in Europe are lucky to see. These are things that I think tantalize us and, and go beyond our senses into our very souls. Uh, and I believe that strongly. And with great companies like SES, putting up communication satellites. It's a great blessing for all of us involved with the space industry to be sharing the past and how it links with the future. So many thanks to Mark Marquette and all the team at the American Space Museum for their time, enthusiasm and passion. I'm sure they're not alone in their awe and wonder at this amazing thing we call space. Next time, staying with space, or should I say SpaceX rather, we'll be just down the road at Cape Canaveral for the moment many of my colleagues have waited years for. The launch of the O3BM Power Satellite Constellation. We'll be meeting engineers, telecom experts, our partners in the cruise industry, and even space enthusiasts. The fans that come to watch a Falcon 9 rocket launch. Do follow this series to make sure you're notified the moment a new episode is released. And for more about what we do, visit ses.com. <laughs>